Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. everyone and welcome back to another week at Life on the Farm. I am so excited to be recording today's episode. I know I say that every single week, but it's true because today we will be talking about my acute care cardiology rotation. So I'm back inpatient. I'm back inside the hospital and I actually started this week, which means it's the beginning of the fifth of my six rotations, which is so crazy to think about. I'm one step closer to graduating, which time just flies, I swear. And so it's really exciting. And although this was my first week, I actually was only the there for three days, so Monday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's because on Tuesday and Wednesday, I actually had residency interviews. And so something I wanted to touch upon briefly on this episode was kind of just shed some light on what my experience has been like balancing those with being on a rotation. And so I thought that would be really great to do on top of, of course, talking about this rotation, how I work up my patients, what it's like rounding with the team, what my notes or interventions look like, how I help out with the pharmacist queue, and what other roles and responsibilities do we take on during this rotation. And like I mentioned, I was only there for three days this week, but this service is popping, and honestly, that makes it that much more exciting. I feel like I've already learned so much. I love all of the opportunities I've had, and I think I say this about every rotation, and it makes sense because it's 100% true, but I'm already obsessed with it, and I feel like I've learned so much right off the bat. And so I thought I'd go ahead and talk about it, talk about some of the funny stuff that's already happened because so much has just thrown me off and that's good. It keeps me on my toes because you don't want to become complacent. And as we're getting to the end here, I definitely want to be able to step up my game. And I think something that's so crazy is I'm seeing in myself how much I've grown from my very first rotation, my first inpatient rotation being in the ICU. And of course, it was all of the learning experiences I've had there that I've carried with me through emergency medicine, through AmCare, of course, starting off with hospital ops. And now that I'm here, it's just, I can see how much I've grown and just how different I am and how I'm able to act a lot more independently and really make an impact on the team. So it's exciting to see, and it should be encouraging to the rest of you out there if you're kind of worried about how it's going to go. It's definitely a slow progression, or maybe it's a fast one to each their own, but definitely something you can look forward to as you progress through your pharmacy journey. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into it. But actually, wait, got to talk about the title first. And so the title is a heart to heart. And so I just wanted to share with you all kind of what it's been like with residency interviews, being on rotation, and of course, uh, me actually running up 12 flights of stairs. So we'll talk about all of that in a little bit more. So stick around. And without further ado, let's get into it. We'll go ahead and kick things off by talking about the first day and if you want any of my tips or tricks things that work for me how to start off on your best foot on a rotation definitely check out last week's episode i talk about all of that there but for this rotation i actually have a classmate of mine on the rotation as well which is really exciting i actually in all of my appy experiences have not had another classmate anybody from the p4 class at ucsf or even from any other school of pharmacy be on rotation with me so this has been really cool already and our instructions for the first day were to show up by 7 30 meet at the cardiology office to wear business professional with our white coats and to make sure that we had reviewed our therapeutics notes from our cardiology lectures and so business professional sounds good check for me business professional and business casual kind of blend together there's probably like a very big distinction that i'm not making i'm also a very extra person and so i think everything i wear just ends up being business professional but check that off. I was 
able to show up early. Like I tell you all, I mentioned this in my interview episode as well. I showed up to places way too early. So I showed up like half an hour early just so I wouldn't like get caught in any sort of like situation, like showing up late, not being able to park. But it was also President's Day. And so I should have realized that when I rolled into the parking lot and realized almost nobody was there. But that made it even easier, right? Um, And so I walk up to the hospital like I normally do. I was going to go through the front entrance because that's how I remember I normally enter the hospital. Turns out it become patient only, which totally understand. But then I had to walk around the building. And so I was, you know, already sweating. So that was awesome. And so I finally get in and I go pick up my laptop. So we actually got assigned laptops for this rotation, which is really exciting. It just makes it a lot easier than having to carry my own laptop back and forth. And then my friend and I actually checked in at the office and we met our preceptors. And so that was a really great experience. They didn't really want to throw us into anything just because it was a holiday. So they were doing conjugated rounds to begin with. And I was going to be gone the next two days anyway. So they figured that for myself, at least to just start rounds on Thursday and for my friend to start on Tuesday. And so they just walked us through what the events look like. So just to give you an overview, if you use Epic, events are called interventions. It's basically the shortened term for it. And it's a way for pharmacists to communicate with one another. And so it's a handoff note. And so every day when you round on your patients, you open up an event, you put in the information about what changes were made, anything you want the next person to be aware of, any recommendations. And then that way, if you're not on the service the next day, whoever is can look back at your note and make adjustments based on what happened the night prior. And so this is basically the bulk of the work that we do. Once we walk through what an event looks like, what that important information is, we went over what the other responsibilities we have on this rotation. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we do a patient presentation. So we basically pick a patient for each day and we go in depth, basically doing a soap note presentation. You start with the subjective, the objective, and then you break it down um, by each of the problems. And so if you look at the Life on the Farm podcast Instagram, I have a version of what a modified soap format looks like. And that's kind of the same process process we're using in cardiology as well. So it's great to reinforce that practice. And then on Mondays and Wednesdays, we try to do topic discussions. So we haven't been assigned one yet, but those will definitely be coming. And then from there, we basically spent the rest of the day going through a patient case. And so we just talked through it just to make sure we had a baseline understanding of some of the disease states. And we actually got to go home early, which was great because I had residency interviews the next day. So that is what I will talk about next. And so next up, really briefly, I just want to talk about residency interviews and balancing them with rotations since I've been asked this question before. Just as a heads up, UCSF actually doesn't have any time off during the last year. So during our P3 year, the idea is that we have eight rotations and they run from May of the beginning of P3 year all the way to May of the end of P3 year. But because of COVID, and as I've shared previously, we lost two rotations, but of course that time still exists. And so those ended up being off blocks and we don't get to choose when those off blocks take place. It's based off of when the core and the two elective rotations are scheduled. And so for myself personally, I had the first rotation block off and I had the rotation block off during November, December. And so I will be on rotation all the way until the very end. And so I know there are some schools out there that allow you the opportunity to pick what months or times you want to take off. So I think that's something really cool and unique that I've learned about other places that I wasn't privy to prior to basically starting this podcast and getting to meet so many of you. 
But as far as my experience has been with managing rotations and doing interviews, I feel like it's manageable. I think it definitely, it can be tiring. And I think that's to be expected just because you definitely put a lot of energy into both. And so you can feel a little wiped out at the end. But for me, I think this whole process has been just as nerve wracking as it's been exciting. And so that's been a huge factor in really motivating me and keeping me a little bit more energized if this was just like something I was dreading doing, which it's turned out to be a really great experience. And so I think some of the things to keep in mind and things I've shared with others are just being mindful of presentations and whatnot. So I've had a few residency interview presentations I've had to complete while also doing projects for my rotation. So just being mindful of that. At the same time, also being aware of the days off for your school that are allowed per rotation and making sure that depending on the number of interviews you feel like you may or may not get, that you're able to manage all of that at the same time. And so other than that, I feel like it's not the worst thing in the world. I definitely take naps after almost every interview, um, but that's only because I'm a big nap proponent to begin with. And so I'm a huge fan of naps, which is really funny because growing up, I used to be staunchly against them. Um, But now just after every interview, I take like a really short nap. And then I think the biggest thing that helps is that after doing so, I really try to set myself up for the next day. So on the days that I have interviews, I make sure that I look ahead to the next day and prepare that night for what I will need to take on. And so I did this on Wednesday since I had back-to-back interviews. But another thing I wanted to share is that for thank you emails, I like to write them the night of. That way I can send them first thing the next morning. And it helps keep the conversations I've had fresh in my mind, but I'm not sending them too soon where we've just talked a couple of hours beforehand. And it allows them the opportunity to kind of recall our conversations the next day and be able to think back and really consider what they thought about me and me of them so that I can send it the next morning. But as far as preparing for rotations go, I feel like as long as the night before I'm looking ahead to the next day, that's definitely been the best way for me to just stay on top of everything. So just wanted to share if you're looking for advice, if you should take those particular months off. I found that having November to December off was really helpful. Um, Mind you, it is COVID. And so a lot of those open houses were happening at that time. And having that time off, being able to go to mid-year, work on my applications and really be in that headspace and have that amount of time, I found to be really valuable Um, but as far as having interviews go again these are also all virtual so something to keep in mind but I feel like it's been manageable to do both at the same time so I thought I'd go ahead and share that if any of you were curious and now we'll go ahead and get into the end of the week and so this is when I got to go and round with the team, really be the pharmacist. And so on my first day, this will be important. I wore business professional again, as I was supposed to, right? Okay, keep this in mind. So I show up and the first thing you have to consider is what time does your team round and where do they round? So as soon as I show up, my preceptor had actually printed out my patient list for me since I hadn't been added to the system list yet. And so that again, immediately I was thinking to myself, oh, like, let me make sure that that's something I take care of by the end of the day. So I had my list at my desk when I was there. I quickly scanned through them and this was my first day. So I really didn't know too much about what to do. And so I started just browsing through what the chief complaints were, what these patients were in for. And then we went straight to round. So page the team, figured out what time and where. And so for this particular attending, we actually meet inside a office in the cath lab. So that's really cool. It's basically just this conference room. It has a huge projector at the front. And on the team, there is an attending. There are three medical residents, a PA and a fellow. And so it's been really cool getting to work with all of them. 
between all of them, they split up the team. So all of the patients, except the fellow and the attending um, are aware of all of them and manage all of the patients. And so my first day I went with my preceptor. I kind of watched how he went about working on events, the interventions while they were talking. I tried to pick up on a lot of the jargon and the lingo because I think the first thing I noticed about this rotation is that there are so many acronyms for so many of the procedures that patients undergo that that in itself is its own language I have to decode. So basically I was trying to Google all of those while they were talking and try to understand them. And it definitely helped a lot to be able to look at these pictures because they have TAVRs and they have an IABP and all of these different things. And I highly recommend looking things up when you don't know them. And so um, another great thing about being at a teaching hospital is that they also tend to just pull them up on the screen anyway. And so that's a great learning opportunity. And so just getting through that was its own hurdle, but I got more familiar with the lingo as time went on. And after we worked through all of the patients, we then go to bedside rounds. And so because we're on the cardiology service, you know, heart health, making sure that your heart's beating strong, make sure nothing's going on, you low cholesterol. My attending actually really likes to take the stairs and our patients are on the 6th, 7th and 12th floor. And so you can bet we took the stairs to every single floor. So mind you, I'm a business professional. I'm wearing slides. So my shoes don't have a back or a heel to them. And we walked up 12 flights of stairs and then walked back down them. I was not only sweating because your girl has not worked out. I used to do Chloe Ting religiously and then I just I just stopped. That was That's the end of the story. I stopped. And th- I was also like slipping as we were walking up. And coming down was almost harder just because like my shoe kept trying to fall off. And I was like, this is the beginning of the end. I'm going to fall down 12 flights of stairs in front of um, all of these important people. And luckily I didn't. But that was the biggest surprise of all time. And it was just, I mean, everyone was like huffing and puffing a little bit just because he also walks very fast. And that's great. He seems to have a really great heart. I probably should start working out again or something. But we would get to the patient's room and just you could hear us like slightly breathing under our masks. Um, But it was just funny. And so after we go and we see all the patients, we talk to the nurses there. uh, We check out the patient in real time. We talk about any other changes we want to make. And then once bedside rounds are done, the pharmacy goes their own way and the team goes their own way. Then I go back to the office, I work on the events, finishing up those interventions, and I monitor the pharmacist queue to see the orders that they're putting in. And that's where you can make a lot of the changes if you don't make them during the table rounds, is that when they start to put the orders in, you can see if they're the things that you've mentioned or if there's something different, and you can go ahead and communicate with them about maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that, I thought we talked about this, all of that good stuff. And so that's where it's really become communication between myself and the team. And the rest of the afternoon is just learning opportunities. And we also do anticoagulation education for two patients as well as two med recs. So that's kind of what the first day looked like. It was really low key just because my preceptor was with me. He did the notes for the first day. I was really just getting introduced to everyone, seeing how things worked out. Um, But of course that picked up very quickly because then Friday rolled around and Friday it was raining and I also didn't have a hood because for some reason I didn't think that rain I don't know what was going on in my head and I'm like oh it'll be fine like it's just like slightly drizzling of course not no I pull up to the medical center and it's full-on raining but it's fine I, I was just walking around with no hood and everyone was giving me looks but you know what 
it woke me up. So at the end of the day, it's fine. I walked this day, by the way, I wore scrubs because I was like, this is not, this is not happening again. I'm not going to get caught running up the stairs in slides. I had my ultra boost on. I was ready to basically do a full workout in my scrubs. I wear figs and they're super comfortable. I think they fit me really well too. Again, I'm like 5'10", so I'm Sasquatch and they have tall sizes, which are really great because they fit really well. And I wear that and I wear my UCSF Patagonia. That's not a flex. That's more of just like actually sharing because another fun fact, I freeze to death in hospitals. I don't know. It's maybe it's my inability to regulate my core temperature, but every hospital I've ever worked at, I always freeze. And so I wear that to literally just save myself from like my arm hair sticking up. And so that was what the fit was for Friday. And again, mind you, I was prepared to run up 12 flights of stairs again. And so I showed up and I actually went to rounds all by myself. And I think something else to take into consideration was during that first day on Thursday, when I was watching my pharmacist, I looked at all the things he tried to take care of before we went to rounds so that I could do the same thing, as well as, of course, try to follow the different things that he did to make um, his life easier, how he went about making recommendations and whatnot. And so that way I was ready on Friday to go ahead and do that all by myself. He actually was going to meet up with me later. And so I walked to the cath lab and the door was actually locked. And so I don't have the key code for it. And so I had to wait for somebody to open it, which worked out perfectly. If it hadn't, I would have just messaged my preceptor, but someone opened it as I was walking up to the door. So that was like a big win. I already felt like good karma coming my way. And then I walked in, I saw the attending, he remembered me. That's always good. And then we actually walked down the hall together. He just told me, yeah, go meet at the office. Mind you, I've only been there one day, right? So I actually turned the wrong direction to get to the office where I thought it was. He's like, oh no, it's actually over here. And you know what? You feel silly in the moment for like not knowing where you are and being completely disoriented. But honestly, it's not the worst thing in the world because it kind of opens up the way for a conversation and some sort of relatability between you and the attending. And now we get along pretty well. We went to the same room. We sat down. The fellow was already there. The residents were already there. And just to elaborate a little bit more as to what that looks like, I sit across from the attending and the screen is open to my right. And then we're at a big oval table. And so as each of the residents are presenting or the PA is presenting, someone else is driving the computer and so you have one person who's doing the talking who's the primary for that patient and you have somebody else who's on the computer um, pulling everything up on the screen that way we can follow along so that's really cool and what I tried to do before rounds this day was have my warfarin dosing done because I knew that was a for sure intervention that I could make, a recommendation I can make, take care of it right then and there. And for anticoagulation, we have a specific note we have to write in addition to the floor pharmacist workup. So we have two notes for any patient who's anticoagulated. So I wanted to get that done as soon as possible. I have to run that recommendation by my preceptor who ended up coming a few minutes after that. We just messaged about it really quickly and then I was able to give my recommendation after he okayed them. And then basically what I tried to do on the first day was to catch up as quickly as possible and jot down as many notes about the different changes they were making. And I think the biggest difference about this rotation in comparison to a lot of my other rotations is that these table rounds go by so fast and you really don't have an opportunity to work up your patient beforehand. And so you really have to be on it when they're having that discussion in real time. And so it's been great being familiar with heart failure guidelines, with NSTEMI, STEMI, ACS basically guidelines. It's been great being familiar with that because in the moment they'll ask you questions. And so it's important to have that information. And again, this is my fifth out of six 
six rotations. So it's been a while that I've been doing this and it's been really cool just being able to answer questions, kind of give my recommendations. At a certain point, actually my preceptor had to leave for a meeting. So it was just me. And so we were just talking a lot about a lot of different things. And so I'm making changes in real time. And one of the things I like to do is that if I can't type fast enough, I'll at least write down the information on the patient list that I have of any changes we've discussed. And so on Epic, if you're using that system, there's something actually really helpful in the top left-hand corner if you're on a patient chart. It's these things called sticky notes. And there's a yellow one that's your sticky note and a blue one that's a sticky note that anybody who accesses the chart can see as well. And so I really like to use this. I use the yellow sticky note because it's something that only I can see and I can quickly make note of the things that they're talking about on rounds. And when I say on rounds, I mean the table rounds right now. And so they start saying things really quickly. I told you a lot of acronyms, a lot of words, and there's a lot of information that they say that you don't have to necessarily write down. So that's a skill in itself. That's something I was also looking out for on Thursday was what are the important things my preceptor's keying in on? What are the things he writes down? What are the things I need to be mindful of? And so as I'm writing things down, I'm going through the meds and making sure that I have a mental checklist and association for each one, making sure that they're optimized and of course, following along in the conversation. And so it's definitely a, a skill and it definitely isn't something that I'm great at right off the bat. And so we just did that for all of the patients. I think on the first day, our service was eight patients and on Friday it was 13 patients. So things change overnight, which is totally fair and not a problem. And so just throughout that whole experience is just like being at the top of your game, just like listening in. And of course, if there's something that you don't know, just like letting them know you'll get back to them. And that totally works too. And so I either quickly message my preceptor or I just wait until after bedside rounds to get back to the team. So not a big deal at all. And of course, there's times when like you give a recommendation and they take it and other times when you give it and they don't. And hey, that's okay. It's cool to, to give a recommendation that gets shot down because at the end of the day, you have residency interviews or future interviews where you have to talk about where you recommended something and it wasn't taken and how did you deal with it? Or what did you learn from it? Or what did you do next? And so it's great to get shot down sometimes because it forces you to have that conversation to explain your line of reasoning. And then the attending tells you one way or another. And so like this week, I recommended doing a BID for a loop diuretic. They wanted to go ahead and do a daily just because the patient's non-compliant. Uh, the patient is on hydralazine three times a day. And so I didn't think twice a day was a big deal, which I pointed out. And they said, that's a good point, but I think we're just more comfortable doing once a day. And so Sometimes once you've explained your reasoning, you've given the evidence, you explain where you're coming from. So you just have to sometimes defer to the attending. And it, this isn't one of those things where it's life threatening and I felt the need to escalate or anything like that. But again, you pick your battles. And at the same time, I checked in with my preceptor. I still let him know. I still let them, him know that I recommended the twice a day just to make sure that this wasn't something that needed to be escalated um, just because this is my first week. And he's like, no, it's fine. But like you made a good, good point. Like if he's already on something three times a day, why couldn't he take two? So again, these things happen and you should feel comfortable speaking up, but also recognizing that you can be shot down and it's never personal, or at least it shouldn't be, um, but more so it's a great learning experience and opportunity. So these things happen because then on the flip side, there are great things you can say. So we had a patient who their potassium would not rise. We had been repleting with, I think, 60 milli equivalents three times a day. 
things were not improving. And so we were giving huge doses of potassium and I recommended that we stop the metolazone, which is a thiazide diuretic, until we replete the potassium. And they took that recommendation. So again, it's all about give and take. It's all about trying to make changes when you can, um, but really just working with other people and other disciplines and communicating. I think communicating is the biggest thing. And so Friday after we did our table rounds, we went to bedside rounds, but my attending actually got pulled away for a procedure. So we sit in the cath lab. And so a lot of the interventional cardiologists do their work there. And so something that's also really cool is that during our table rounds, they'll literally walk across the hall, these interventional cardiologists and like update our team about things that are happening in real time. They'll have our patient literally on the table, opened up, or not opened up, it's interventional. So it's more of the minimally invasive procedures and talk about kind of what they're seeing and what things are going on. So it's a really cool experience. I'm again, it's been an amazing time, but a lot of things are going on. And then um, other things too, again, what I mentioned with morphine, I don't think I ever closed the loop on that, but making sure that when we go through a patient recommending warfarin, that way they can put the order in and you know that it's for sure the right dose and everything like that. Just because again, it's up to us to dose warfarin every day for our patients. And so you don't want that to fall to the wayside. But after table rounds, like I mentioned, my attending actually got pulled for a procedure. So he walked away. And of course, today when the fellow was in charge, we took the elevator to the third floor and then the stairs to the fourth floor. So this was the day that I was dressed for success. I was really ready to go on that marathon hike up those flights of stairs. And of course we took the elevator, but you know what? It's all cool. I was comfy. I was feeling good, looking good, but like, it was just so ironic that of course today he was no longer going to be on the service. And next week I have a totally different attending. So I'm going to wear scrubs again, just to be prepared because watch this new attending go and do the same exact thing. And this time I am ready to go. But for bedside rounds, we just show up to the patient's bedside, as you can imagine. And we talk to the nurse. We talk about any overnight events. We talk to the nurse about any sort of concerns that they're having, things that they've noticed, because those are the people that are taking care of the patient. They have eyes on them all the time. They're noticing changes. And so it's really great to get information from them. And so that's really cool. Just again, being able to work with so many different people on the team. We had one patient who was intubated. So we talked to respiratory therapists. And if I do have questions, I'm not afraid to ask. Um, of course, if there are medications that are brought up, making sure you're definitely aware of that. And then after bedside rounds, we part ways. And so I go back down to the cardiology office. They go off to their office. And after rounds is when they start adding in orders. So they do some of the changes to during our table rounds in the morning if it's something that they want to make a change in that moment. But other times they go to their office and then they'll put in the orders. And so when I go down to our office, I start writing my events because I definitely have some left over. The goal is to be done with the interventions by the end of bedside rounds, but I am not at that level yet. So that's definitely what I was working on when I got back downstairs. And I'm also keeping an eye on the pharmacist queue just to see what orders they're dropping in for our patients. And so this is the fun part because then you start seeing things in the queue that you did not talk about or things that you had not mentioned or things that just seem a little bit off. And so as the pharmacy student for that team, you reach out to them. We use this service called Tiger Text. So it's basically just text messaging um, securely. And so you can send patient information and whatnot with the other healthcare professionals. And that's how we talk to one another about, oh, I saw you dropped in an order for such and such. I thought we talked about such and such during round, just want to double check. Or I see you put in a Lovenox for uh, 40 daily. Our patients like 120 kigs. Like, did you want to go ahead and put it for 40 BID? You just kind of just like walk through it with them and 
it's always a great conversation. I have to say that anytime I've ever made a recommendation or I've ever had something that I've wanted to bring up, I've never been like shot down or anything. So I feel like people are open to conversations, especially at medical centers. So I think that's one of the other big bonuses of being there. And so I really like that it's a learning environment. And then for the rest of the afternoon, like I mentioned, we talked about actually initiating warfarin which is really interesting to think about just some food for thought is that clotting factors have different half-lives and so if you're seeing changes in a patient's INR within a day um, you can already imagine that they're going to be pretty sensitive to it just because it takes two to three days for uh, even the longest acting clotting factor to basically catch up to that steady state point and so it's a much longer conversation as well but just being able to talk to our preceptor about that learn more about warfarin just because I think something you'll realize when you go on rotations as well is that on every rotation everyone has a different approach to dosing warfarin and none of them are wrong it's an art really and I've heard that multiple times but really everyone has their own way of going about it and so it's great to be able to take all that information put it together and figure out a way that works best for you and of course being cognizant are you outpatient are you inpatient so all good things to consider and then after that I made my phone calls for my anti-coag and I had done med recs on two of my patients so I basically print out their list and just go to the bedside and run through it with them and that basically summed up my Friday uh, again a really cool couple of days my preceptors are awesome they are huge into teaching and so I always feel comfortable going to them with questions and it's just a really great learning environment not to mention what three days in and I'm already managing my own team and so definitely going to continue to do that on Tuesday and again I'm just going to get my cardio workout in apparently on this rotation which I'm more than okay with because again I definitely need to get back to it but overall a really great couple of days and I am definitely looking forward to going back next week all right and I think that'll go ahead and end today's episode. I want to say thank you so much to all of you who took the time to listen to this episode. If you've listened to any of the other episodes, it truly does mean the world to me. And it's so great to see other people listening along. And I hope that these episodes kind of give you some insight into what my day-to-day -day looks like, some of the thoughts that I have, give you some insight into what different rotations look like. And so if you want to follow along and get some more information, see some other content that I post, definitely check out Life on the Farm podcast Instagram. If you could go ahead and follow this podcast on Spotify and rate on Apple Podcasts, that would also be amazing. And until I talk to you all next week, I hope you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.